بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا ونبينا أبي القاسم المصطفى محمد وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين لا سيما بقية الله في الأرضين أجل الله تعالى فرجه الشريف وجعلنا من أعوانه وأنصاره Our topic tonight is Anaba We already talked about Yagza which means to be awake about Tawbah repentance then about Muhasaba which means to observe and have self-assessment and evaluation of our a'mal on a regular basis. The fourth stage is anaba. And like many other cases, it's very difficult to have one word in English. I don't think if there is any. Anaba uh, literally means return. Like tobe, which means return. Like roju, which means return. But uh, technically it's different And it's a higher stage than Tawbah and than even Muhasabah You may have come across many cases in the Quran In which the term Anaba or Anibu or Munib is mentioned And you reflect, you realize that this is higher than Tawbah One of the verses of the Quran in which the term Anaba is mentioned is a general command by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in chapter 54 number 39 Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says A'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem wa anibu ila rabbikum return to your lord this is a general invitation first is invitation but then maybe it become comfort and, and you will be forced but first you are most welcome to come back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then Muslim scholars reflecting on these verses of the Quran and on hadith they have come to such definition of enaba they say enaba means to be loyal to your repentance so you repent it means that you promise not to commit those evil acts anymore if, if you prove to be loyal to your repentance then this is anaba and they say anaba has three aspects or three sorts of Return, or you could say return in three dimensions. One is to repair what they call it aslah. The second is wafa, means to be loyal. And the third is to change your spiritual condition. All these three are included under the umbrella of Anaba. 
So inshallah I will try quickly to explain these three dimensions of anaba. And you know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sometimes in the Quran praises some prophets because of being munib. That's very high stage. If a prophet is praised because being munib, so it must be high stage. The first dimension, as we said, is to do restoration or repair or reform or eslah. And this means, first of all, to get rid of all the burdens of sins. Okay, we no longer do any sin because we have repented. But there are effects which are left from sins. Like what? For example, if there is leakage in your roof. Okay? So you stop leakage. This is toba. But then you need repair. This is anaba. If you just stop the leakage, it's good, but it's not enough. You will not accept, be able to accept any guest to your house. Your house is very ugly and dirty. If we want our heart to welcome divine light, we must make it beautiful. We must make it nice. So we need repair. So one aspect of anava is to do repair. And this is very important. The second is that we must have pain for the wrong deeds that we have had in the past. This is also very important. This pain shows that your heart is healthy. If a heart has no pain for the sins and the wrong actions, this heart is not healthy. And if God forbids, this heart enjoys sins. So this heart is an enemy. This is not heart for us. This is a spy for enemy. An instrument in the hand of enemy. So we must have this pain. So the person who is in this stage always feels pain. And the third is that we must try to recover what we have lost before we started this journey. So this is, these three all are related to the restoration or to repair aspect of it. Then, about wafa or loyalty, again we must do several things. One is that if you are really in the state of anaba, you must never underestimate other people, even sinful people. Unfortunately, many of us, you know, when we look at people who have some problems, some difficulties, shortcomings, they are not, you know, God-fearing. So, we always, you know, underestimate them. As if, you know, we are very high and, you know, say, oh, these people, you know, have problems. But this is not good. I am not saying that, you know, we must endorse what they do. No. We don't accept what they do. But you shouldn't underestimate any person. Why? 
because that person may have some excuses he may be excused or even if he has no excuse maybe his heart is very pure and in the end he find his way and he will be able to restore his relation with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he may become a friend of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who knows but I must be very suspicious about myself I look for example now clean I don't do those things but I don't know what will be my future and there are many many disease inside our heart that we don't notice why because the time of trial has not arrived you cannot find your problems unless you are really put into test sometimes you suffer from for example selfishness but you have no power to show this but as soon as you are given a high position then instead of asking people to follow you and obey you you ask people to worship you not just obey you but now you have no power so say okay I am not a you know bad person sometimes you know we don't have money so we regularly you know attend all majalis all you know <laughs> programs as soon as our business you know develops so we say okay weekly attendance is enough then monthly then yearly annually it's enough and you know the story of that person that was very poor but always attending Salatul Jama'ah with the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and you know he asked and insisted that the Prophet should give him some you know money some so the Prophet gave him some money a little but that money was blessed so gradually he generated money and money then he bought you know some ships and you know, they had he had a small cattle then larger larger then he couldn't stay in Medina there was no enough space so he went outside Medina he had a farm so gradually he reduced the number of attendants to the mosque and after a while he just was attending for Juma. after a while he was not attending even Juma. and you know the prophet asked him to send me my money back so when he sent the money back again his wealth went down and then he was very regular in attending Salatul Jama'ah so sometimes we have problems in our hearts but it's just a matter of not being able to show them Rumi says that once a person saw a snake or a dragon and that was winter because it was very cold so this snake or dragon was you know freezed so no movement at all so I said it's okay it's very beautiful I can use it for example as some adornment or as you know some stick for myself so he took it home and put it next to himself 
And you know, in Iran, we have, you know, kursi. You have some, uh, you know, throne, put blanket on it or dawet, and you put your feet under that. In the past, they couldn't hit all the house, so they just made something under this blanket, and they sat over there. So he put that snake there, and when it got, you know, some heat, it started to move, and then suddenly attacked this person. So Rumi says, our soul is like this snake. You think that it is dead, but it just needs some excitement. Nafs, he says, nafs, چون اجده هاست چه مرده است از غم بیالتی افسرده است your soul is like a dragon it has never died but because there is no facility no room to exercise so it's absurd as means it's without any movement so this is the situation about our soul. So we must be very careful to uh, be suspicious about ourselves. And on the other hand, we must try always not to underestimate other people. Suspicious about ourselves and not to be suspicious or, you know, insulting other people. And the third aspect of Enaba is to change our spiritual condition or state or hall. First of all, a person who is in this stage must try to reduce his reliance and dependence on himself and finally become fully despaired, not from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but from himself. We have in Dua Abu Hamza that when I look at myself, I lose all hope. I have become like those people who have no hope about themselves. But at the same time, we have lots of hope that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will help us. We shouldn't lose our hope totally. But we should know that it's only when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala helps us that we can find our way. I shouldn't say, oh, I am a very good person. I have been, you know, doing this or that, helping people or, you know, serving community or whatsoever. So I will find my way. No. The moment that you think you can rely on yourself is your death, a spiritual death. You may have heard that this is something which may not necessarily be true uh, because we need to assess the chain of the narration. But it is narrated. May be true. That when the angels knew that they will be tested after the creation of Adam and they will be asked to prostrate before Adam 
they were told that one person will not be successful and will fail and he will be cursed by God so all were worried maybe I am the one the only one who was not worried was Iblis of course we believe that Iblis was not an angel Iblis was a jinn but he worshipped Allah so much that he was always with angels and this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says فَسَجَدَ الْمَلَائِكَ كُلُّهُمْ أَجْمَعُونَ إِلَّا Iblis this Allah exclusion is because Iblis was always with them this is like what they say in Arabic you know in Arabic textbooks this they call it استثناء منغته for example they say all that for example so and so family came except their donkey or for example here you can say all of them came except for example you can say you know Richard Sons came except their dog for example or any other name dog is not one of them but because always dogs with, goes with them so you can say accept their dog okay so فَسَجَدَ الْمَلَائِكَ كُلُّهُمْ أَجْمَعُونَ إِلَّا Iblis. so Iblis was not one of them but always with the angels so these angels were very worried and Iblis was very relaxed so what happened was that they all went to Iblis and asked to pray for them Because he was worshipping Allah, you know, for 6,000 years. And we don't know, Imam Ali says, whether it was worldly year or akhira year, which is much different. So the Satan said, don't worry, I will pray for all of you. And definitely you will not be facing any problem. But the Satan himself failed. So as soon as you, we become, you know, dependent on ourselves and we lose our reliance on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we fail so this is very important that we should have such a despair about ourselves but you shouldn't let despair catch you and become you know hopeless about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is very bad we always have uh, have hope Again, you know, we have in this to Ayah Abu Hamza. Ya Rabb inna lana fika amalan tabila. We have lots of hope about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The other aspect of Anaba in this dimension is that he forgets after he has lost hope about himself, he forgets his acts. Whether good acts or bad acts. Because he thinks that he is nothing. So if I am nothing, so whether I have done something bad or good, of course I have repented, I have passed that stage. Then it doesn't come to my mind. I always see my Lord. Even, you know, I for, may forget my bad sins. 
Why? Because I think, who am I and what am I and what is my sin? Not underestimating your sin. It means that you think that you are so worthless that you shouldn't think about any aspect of yourself. It is said that tabus, I don't know what you call tabus in English? Peacock. Peacock has very beautiful feathers. Very beautiful. But the feet are very ugly. This is mentioned in many books. So, Peacock, when looks at her feet, becomes very hopeless. No one will, you know, like me. But when looks at the above part of his or her body, becomes very excited. And so, Orafa say that we must be like Peacock. Try to consider Allah's blessings upon you and Allah's favor upon you. If you feel that pride and self-admiration is coming to you, look at your feet. Just look at your feet and then you will get rid of selfishness and self-admiration. Then again look at Allah's favor. This gives you momentum and energy. Because when we feel you know, that we receive favors from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and gifts from Allah, so we become more inspired to go. So it's very important that always you know, re- remember good things that Allah has done for you. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala treats every individual as if he has created only this individual. If you look at you know, your life, lots of preparations have been done by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just for you. And we treat Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as if we have millions of God. And this is very you know, unfair. If all these things have been looked after, the mystics say that it will be beginning of having enlightenment in your heart. There will be some, what they call it, barq, some light. So this is the very first time that you will witness something in your heart. That some illumination will happen in your heart. So you will be able to realize things that ordinary people will not be able to realize. You look to the same thing that other people look, but you understand many things that they cannot understand. We say in Farsi that a sage, a wise person, looks into the wall, into brick, and he sees in the brick what the negligent people cannot see in mirror. They see in mirror, but they don't see anything. But this person looks into the wall and sees everything. So this is the beginning of illumination. What is very important is that 
we should start this as soon as possible. If we say, okay, we have inshallah time, maybe we start, for example, next Ramadan or when I finish my degree, inshallah, I will have one, for example, year to solve my problem. This is not good reason. I chose for you one a story, symbolic story, from Rumi. He says, once there was a very a strong young man who was unfortunately careless about the people. So, he planted a harmful, a, you know, annoying plant in middle of the lane. A plant which had blades. You know? So people, when they wanted to pass, this blade was harming them. You know, it's khar. We call it khar. Okay. People complained to him. Why you plant such a thing on our way? Every day we want to go and back, you know, come and force and back. And this goes into our skin and, you know, we have pain and bleeding and everything. But he was not paying any attention. He said, okay, tomorrow I will take it out. But never that tomorrow came. So they went to the court and the judge said, you must take this out. But this man was very, you know, proud of himself and was not paying attention. Said, I will take it out tomorrow. The problem was that Day by day, he was getting older. So he was losing his strength. And day by day, that plant was growing. And the roots of the plant were going deeper and deeper. So when finally that tomorrow reached, this man couldn't do anything. It was such a big tree. That this man was very weak and couldn't take that out. So Rumi says, our illnesses, our disease in our heart is like that plant. When you are young, you are very strong. And that is very also new. It's easy to change it. To repair it. But if you suffer from an illness for 40 years, 50 years, 60 years, it's very unlikely that you have the strength to change it. You know that the Satan says when someone reaches 40 years of his age, becomes 40 years old, and he's not good, he's not pious, the Satan says, okay, now I am relieved. I swear by my father that this face will never be happy. will never reach salvation. Because after 40 years, there is no... Of course, this is not impossible, but it's very difficult. It's very difficult. And on the other hand, those who have been lucky to be on the right path for 40 years... Inshallah, there is hope that they will not go for 
you know, bad for worse, inshallah. But neither is guaranteed. Someone who is 40 years old, good, may go astray. Someone who is 40 years bad may find a way. But it's very, very difficult. So Rumi says, Toke mi gu farda in bedan. Oh, you who always say tomorrow, know this. Know that every day which passes, on bad That bad plant becomes younger. Because, you know, the plants, when they grow, they become younger. It's not like us. When we age, we become weaker. But plant becomes younger. But the one who wants to uproot becomes older and without strength. The root of that plant becomes stronger and the body of that plant becomes stronger and stronger and goes to a sky. But the one who wants to uproot becomes weaker and reduces his power. Kharbon Every day it's green, very fresh. Be very quick and do not lose your time. Then he says, this is a story. But the reality is this. That bad plant is your bad quality. So it was symbolic. That plant refers to your bad quality. Like that blade of that plant which hurts you, this bad quality always hurts you. Then he has a beautiful thing because especially, you know, it's something controversial whether Rumi was Shia or Sunni but you know there are many Sunnis who believe in Velaya of Imam Ali in the spiritual sense in mystical sense they believe in Velaya of Imam Ali maybe he consider him as fourth Khalif but in spirituality they consider him immediate to the Prophet and maybe he was Shia but sometimes you know he praises the first and second Khalif but he also praises Imam Ali so he says یا تبر بردار و مردانه بزن تو علیوار این در خیبر بکن said, you must make your decision like a man مردانه like a man to uproot this plant as Ali made his decision and take away, took away the gate of خیبر Not like Farooq or Siddiq, that they were always, you know, thinking whether we should do it or whether we shouldn't do it. Said, so be like Ali. 
But this is not mentioned in all versions, you know, but the, in the version. Varnachon Siddiq of Farooq Mahim, Hin Tariq Di Yaran Ra Barkozi. But the first part is mentioned in everywhere. So he says that the way to get rid of these problems is light of mu'min. پس حلاک نار نور مؤمن است زان که بی زد دفع زد لا یمکن است When you want to get rid of something you must find the opposite If you want for example to extinguish fire you must find something opposite to fire What can extinguish fire of akhirah? He says the light of mu'min when Mu'min looks at someone, then the fire of hell in his heart is getting extinguished. It's like putting water. And you know, in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, on the day of judgment, those who are in hell, those who are in hell, they tell Mu'minin, Unzuruna nurakum. Please turn your face towards us. Look at us so that we catch something from your light. Because that light will reduce fire. But Mu'mani will say, Look at your back. Turn back and see what have you done yourself. You cannot get light from us. You must turn back and see if there is any light, then you can use it. So, we hope that, inshallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will help us to restore our relation with Him and, inshallah, cleanse our heart and feel this illumination by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala.